This is an ABC podcast. Hello, this is Coronacast, a daily podcast all about the coronavirus. I'm health reporter Tegan Taylor. And I'm physician and journalist Dr Norman Swan. It's Friday the 4th of December. And Norman, just as we felt like we were getting on top of the South Australian outbreak and everything was coming towards what felt like it could have been an even keel in Australia, we've heard that there's been another case of a hotel quarantine being transmitted to someone who isn't in hotel quarantine, this time a domestic worker at a hotel in Sydney. How do we deal with these? Surely they're just an inevitable part of living during a pandemic. So how do we deal with them when they happen? So before I start, we just need the caveat that at the time of corona, recording this coronacast, we've only got partial information. More information will no doubt emerge. But this is going to happen from time to time, not just in New South Wales, but elsewhere. Um, initially, it sounded as though this person was working across two facilities. It may just actually be a co-located facility. Um, you remember in Victoria, people are strictly only working in one. They are going to do genomics just to work out where exactly this person got it from. Is it hotel quarantine or did they get it from the community? Again, by the time you listen to this coronacast, we may know the answer to that question. Nonetheless, when you test workers in hotel quarantine regularly, you will pick up positive cases. And you might pick up positive cases that are relatively mildly symptomatic or asymptomatic that you wouldn't have otherwise caught. So it's a good thing that we're detecting them. And hopefully we're getting onto it very quickly. And we they are testing the contacts of this of this person. So we just need to see what happens here. But it's going to occur. Um, we're bringing in people from overseas with coronavirus. This is going to occur. It's going to occur in all jurisdictions. And nobody can look down their nose at New South Wales or Victoria or anywhere else. This is now... A, going to be part of COVID life moving forward. And presumably, as long as we are surveilling that really closely, there's no need to go into full lockdown mode if you're picking up those cases very close to the source. That's right. And New South Wales has had outbreaks and quite significant outbreaks and managed to bring them back down to zero. So this is going to be the same thing. I can't can't imagine that this is going to be a a problem of the dimensions of, say, the Parafield cluster in South Australia. But who knows? We'll see. But Mark McGowan, the Premier of Western Australia, did say that he wouldn't hesitate to close the borders again, Norman. Are you going to give up on your dream of seeing those quokkas? No, I'm still hoping that uh, Rottnest awaits me, hotel quarantine, New South Wales or not. (laughs) Well, the other big coronavirus news that's come out in the last 36 hours or so is that the UK is going to roll out the Pfizer vaccine. Really exciting to have real life people getting a real vaccine at the end of this really, really long pandemic year. This is emergency approval, so it's not a proper approval. They've obviously just done a dive to make sure there's no major safety issues. And the risk versus benefit equation, given how many cases they get in the UK, favours just using this vaccine. They reckon the risk is low. But they, they will not have really looked at the data from the trials in any great detail um, at this point. So it looks as if it's safe. Will it prevent infection? We don't know that yet. It may, it certainly will prevent COVID-19 disease, which is great given you've had so many deaths in the UK. And for us, it means that um, we shouldn't be rushing this at all. We're not in an emergency situation. We've got almost no virus in Australia apart from hotel quarantine. And we can wait and we can let the British, to be blunt, the British and the Americans make their mistakes, learn how to distribute it double check that it's safe when they've given it to millions of people over the next few weeks. And we will, it will put us in much better shape from when we implement. So the, the approval for the Pfizer vaccine and maybe some of the others will be over the next six to eight weeks, maybe longer. 
and then it's it, that we will do it properly. Yeah, absolutely. We actually talked about that in a bit more detail in yesterday's episode of Coronacast. So if you're interested, go back and check that one out. The other other thing, Norman, that I could see a very popular news story yesterday about someone who'd had sepsis associated with COVID-19 and he seemed to have a really dramatic recovery because of a massive dose of vitamin C. What do we make of this? Not much would be my first response. I mean, it's fantastic for the patient. It's a one-off. There's no randomization here. People will argue that you don't need a randomized trial with a parachute. In other words, to prove that a parachute works, you wouldn't do a randomized trial. A parachute works when you try it out. So here's somebody that they thought was going to die, didn't die from massive doses of vitamin C. They'll think that they know what the mechanism is. Presumably, they'll say that it's because it's this potent antioxidant and it's doing something for the free radicals. That may not be the case. Very high doses of vitamin C are actually pro-oxidant. And I suspect that if this works, they haven't got a clue why. But you know, it might be a signal that you would actually test this out in people over uh, on a larger scale uh, to see what's going on. So the upshot is this patient, fantastic news for him, um, but not necessarily able to be generalised to uh, every person with a similar condition. No, and not generalisable to the general audience where you think, well, I'm going to protect myself against COVID. I'm going to start on uh, you know several grams a day of vitamin C. I think this person got 60 grams in a day, I think, from the newspaper reports. Well, yesterday's Coronacast was all about what COVID restrictions we should say goodbye to and what we should stick with. And we asked you to send us in what you are going to continue doing post-COVID. And so, Norman, let's go through some of these. I really liked Madeline said, I will definitely keep wearing masks long term. As a young female, I was previously targeted for harassment more often. The safety of public anonymity since March has been very pleasant. It's interesting and a bit sad, really. And uh, Glenn writes, I hope we will continue staying at home. We're not feeling well. Continue with sneeze and cough etiquette, hand sanitizer, higher cleaning standards and better public health messaging inclusive of all communities. Mm. And Holly says, I'm really enjoying the face mask and I think I'll continue to wear them even after COVID's gone, especially in winter. And she'll probably keep up the frequent sanitising as well. And uh, Caroline writes, blowing out the candles in a birthday cake and then passing around pieces. Yeah. Until now, I never thought about how truly gross that is. I was watching an old family video of someone blowing out birthday candles the other day. And honestly, with my 2020 eyes, I can't believe that it was ever considered acceptable. Exactly. One more from John, um, another mask wearer. I think I will wear a mask in the future if I see people coughing and sneezing, particularly in shopping centres. This year, I have not had a cold. Well, that's got to be welcome for you, John. It has indeed. Okay, so keep your comments coming in about what you're going to do after COVID-19. And I think we've got Quick Fire Friday, haven't we, Tegan? Yeah, I think we've got a minute left to, to pepper you with some questions, Norman. Let's go. Matt's asking, considering Dr Norman Swan is back at the gym, will he be using the sauna? Is the sauna safe? And by the way, what weights are you lifting, Super Swan? <laughs> Oh, that's my secret. What a great talent. <laughs> um, so there's no sauna at my gym, gym, and if there was a sauna, I wouldn't be using it. But that doesn't, you know, that's irrelevant. I wouldn't have used it anyway, COVID nineteen or not. But it'd be, you know, a hot environment, a hot humid environment like that is probably pretty good for killing the virus. Uh, what weights am I lifting? Uh, you know, I'm not going to tell you. 
Uh, Christy's asking about masks. Should we still be wearing masks in shopping centres and supermarkets? And her husband's a tradie who spends a lot of work hours inside clients' homes and private venues. Should he still wear a mask while working? I think the safest thing to say here is you should follow the, your, the state that you're in's rules. And I think as we're talking, Victoria's still got rules about indoor mask wearing, which are smart until they're absolutely sure we're out of the woods. But in other states, you probably don't need to, and there's very little virus around. But as soon as there's a resurgence of virus in your state, I'd be putting on masks again, and just to be absolutely sure. Andrew is uh, objecting to your hugging advice yesterday, saying, wonder why you gave the reckless advice on hugging on today's show. Especially as with asymptomatic cases, there's obviously no objective way of knowing who has and hasn't got COVID. Andrew, I stand corrected. You're absolutely right. But what I will say in general here is that I think you've got to tailor things these days, you know, now to what's going on. So if we've got many, many days without, you know, 28 days without spread in the community, there's probably pretty much no virus around. But as soon as there is virus around, so for example, there's this hotel quarantine case in New South Wales, we've really got to, you know, pull ourselves up short and really be careful. And you're right. I mean, I, I was reckless in embracing the embrace. And a final one from Sean says, Dr. S and double T. Before March, I don't think I ever washed my hands for more than five seconds. Obviously, oh, gross, Sean. Uh, and now anytime I use the bathroom, touch a remote or a doorknob or come back home, I do a full 45-second front and back and in-between scrub. Uh, and thanks to you, Norman, now whenever he flushes the toilet, all he can think about is all the poo particles being ejected into his mouth. Delicious. Blech. The toilet seat stays down. Thank you, I think, Sean. I hope nobody was eating while we read that out. That's all we've got time for today. We'll look forward to your company on Monday. That's right. As always, if you've got questions or comments, send them in to abc.net.au slash coronacast. Click Ask Us Your Questions and mention Coronacast so that we can find it. See you next week.